This is the Create the Smarts podcast where you will learn to leverage your online following into a profitable, future-proof education business that you control without being at the mercy of sponsors or algorithm changes. Each week we interview the world's leading creators to find out what strategies they use to diversify, stabilize and grow their businesses. I'm your host, Jan van der Aan. Hey everybody, it's your Dutch friend Jan here. You are listening to episode number 98 of the Creator Smarts podcast. And guys, episode number 98, that means that next week we will be publishing our 100th episode here on the podcast. Um, yeah, for one and a half year consistently, I've been putting out... Um, well, one episode, one podcast episode at the beginning and then for the last half a year, about two per week. All right. I haven't missed a single week. Um, thanks to your support, of course. So thank you so much for supporting the podcast. And if you want to know what we're going to do next week, because next week I have invited um, a special guest um, in order to celebrate the 100th episode. So it's going to be a very interesting interview with um, a very interesting person a very interesting creator or i should say somebody who started out as a a creator and is now um it runs a very big company Um, it's going to be a very exciting episode i recorded it this morning so if you want to to know what is what it is all about then make sure to listen to the podcast next week okay so this week uh, we're going to do something else we're talking to Kara leopold she teaches english and, um, you know, as you know, there's so many English teachers out there. We always say that if you want to stand out from the crowd, you need to choose a niche, right? So you can do that by um, teaching a specific, by having a specific target demographic, for example, teaching English to, you know, to French speakers, Dutch speakers, whatever. But Kara does it by have, using a certain approach. So she teaches English through watching and discussing movies. So in this interview today, um, we're going to talk about Kara's journey. She has been doing this for a while. Um, she's actually doing this part time. So if you have, um, if you are a creator and you're running. Um, you, you have a you have a maybe a full time job or a part time job, and you're doing this on the side. And I'm sure that you will be able to relate to Kara and um, yeah, some of the topics that we're going to talk about: how a mentor can help you gain perspective in your business. Um, repurposing makes content creation less time consuming. We're going to talk about how you can do that, and we're going to talk about the role of keyword research in SEO. Um, in sending traffic to your website or channel. I hope you're going to enjoy this conversation. Here's my interview with Gara. Hey Gara, welcome to the podcast. Tell us a little bit about yourself and what it is you do. Hi Jan. Uh, yeah, so I'm Cara Leopold and I run a website called Leo Listening. So I took my last name and I took what I teach and I stuck them together (laughs) into this uh, weird name, which I sometimes regret because I do actually teach English. And, you know, most people have the good sense to put English in the name of their website or their brand. But um, I put in my my last name and and listening. So, um, yeah, why not? But, um, yeah, over there I teach, uh, yeah, teach English listening skills through movies to... Students are usually quite um, advanced in their English learning because they're people who are living abroad in an English-speaking country or they travel a lot or maybe they're planning to um, move. So they need to understand 
native speakers when they when they talk fast and yeah. and they're also usually quite fanatical about watching movies so mm-hmm. yeah we always thought that when you start an online business you need to choose a niche right just english mm-hmm. is not a niche so you just you decided to go one one layer deeper and yeah. you say i teach english through movies how mm-hmm. did you how did you get to that idea um yeah it's interesting because um yeah when I first very very first started I thought I might do something like um teach English to French speakers because I live in France and that's who I've mostly worked with since I started teaching English um so I was going down those kinds of paths um and then I kind of met my like first mentor who kind of set me more on this path of um, being a bit more specific. And it happened that I had a a client at the time, my first client for online teaching actually really wanted to, she didn't maybe realize initially, but actually what she needed help with was listening and understanding people um, when, you know, when chatting to native speakers. So that sent me down that rabbit hole. Yeah. Um, And I kind of, haven't haven't looked back yeah. since since then um and then i brought in the movie element because i like watching movies and i've had lots of unsuccessful attempts in my own language learning to watch movies and try and learn from them and it often went quite badly wrong so yeah okay trying to um yeah i didn't come up with a magic method for learning languages with movies i actually mostly fell flat on my face and now i try and help people um because i know that it's hard you know you can't just stick on a movie in english and become fluent you know if it was that easy then well we we'd all be fluent and we wouldn't we would we would be out of a job basically yeah um Uh yeah yeah how difficult was it to to niche down how difficult was it to say sorry i can't help you because i only teach english through movies and i only help advanced speakers yeah to be honest i actually think i actually think it's pretty logical if you're teaching english because there's so many people doing it there's so many people learning it if you if you kind of go too wide you're just going to spread yourself too thin i think um so i think it's pretty logical for english to you know to want to go a bit narrow I actually think it makes it easier to find people. So this is the counterintuitive thing of business building as there are many counterintuitive things that you discover. And, you know, that's that's one of them, especially in a, in a big market like, like English. I mean, if you go too wide, you're just kind of like a tiny, yeah. you're that tiny fish in the ocean. Whereas if you niche down, you can be a big fish in a small pond. And that's kind of what I've always done in my my life, if yeah. you like. I prefer being a, you know, a, a live somewhere in France that's not very well known and where there's not many English speakers. And that suits me better than being just another Anglophone expat in Paris, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, I think that, that big fish, small pond thing, you know, yeah, yeah. really works in the, in the English teaching market. Yeah. Um, we've got quite a lot of room to be creative and, and go quite narrow and go quite specific and i think that that's what helps you stand out more strangely enough <laughs> yeah were you did you start out as an english teacher or did you start with a blog what was first um well 
Well, if we go right back, um, yeah, I've been teaching English since 2007. Um, and yeah, did I, I would, I think I started, I got, I've had the idea of online teaching in my head for a long time, as far back as like 2012, but I didn't get really serious about it until a couple of years after in 2015. And at that stage, I was like, well, let me just see if I can find a client and start doing it because I've never done it before. And so I need to figure out, you know, how it works, giving classes online, you know, like a lot of people start that way, just giving um, online classes. So, yeah, I went down that route first and then I did the website the year after once I was, you know, clearer on the niche and serious about, you know, building a business. Yeah. How long did it take take you for the website? Or how long did it take for the website to actually help you generate leads and, and sell things online, either digital courses or maybe one-on-one lessons at the beginning? Um, some things went fairly quickly. So maybe after about six months, it started to, yeah, to bear fruit but I mean it's slow going you know with the with the website I mean it's um it's a long-term thing for sure because you're not going to get plucked out of the you know obscurity (laughs) into the google rankings or or whatever so um yeah I actually did just before this call I was doing a call with um Elena Mutanono who's been on this podcast um for her online teacher summit um and uh, we were just talking about like networking and collaboration. And um, I, I started coaching with her fairly early on. And one of the things that we sort of initially did was a lot of, um, yeah, it's kind of networking related stuff. Like she encouraged me to reach out to um, Jason, the Fluency MC, and I interviewed him and I did mm-hmm. all this crazy stuff that I would never have done left to my own devices to, you know, get kind of, noticed um online so uh yeah no that definitely helped with things in the in the beginning to get traction yeah and why did you choose a blog and not for example i don't know a youtube channel or instagram or another platform or another platform um i like writing (laughs) so it made sense to me to have a um to have a blog and i didn't know anything about making videos for instance and I kind of messed around a bit with podcasting in, in the beginning as well, but I, I stopped doing that after a while. So, yeah, I was always just happy mm-hmm. writing writing the blog. I mean, now what I do, because I'm lazy, I, I tend to, and writing a blog post takes a long time, what I tend to do now is sort of write a video script that I can quickly repurpose into a blog post. Yeah. Because um, I find it easier to sort of batch videos um in theory, but then I often put off doing my videos for for YouTube. But yeah, I found that an, an easier way to create content. But it's not really made kind of in a YouTube, I don't know, spirit. Like I'm trying to improve my YouTube channel, but I just kind of figure it's a place to stick videos. Yeah. <laughs> Rather than, you know, uh, you know, you've interviewed a lot of YouTubers and you, yeah, there's obviously a, a clear kind of particular youtube strategy i don't i don't really know what that is i just make small tweaks now and again to try and improve the channel um but yeah my main focus is the is the blog yeah and so if the blog was working then why why not double down on the blog why you still want to to try youtube and add other platforms um 
I don't know. For me, it's not really it's not really spreading myself too thin mm-hmm. to kind of to kind of do both. And I suppose you know, being on YouTube opens opens other doors as well. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, but I suppose, yeah, you could say, well, you know, you should double down on, on just one, but I don't know, two for me is fine. And then the particularity is I don't use social media. So I suppose the thing that I do spend the most of my time doing is writing newsletters. Okay. That takes up a big chunk of my time. Weekly newsletters? So so for students, I do Mm bi-monthly. Mm-hmm. That's the chai latte letters. So that's a bi-monthly newsletter on Fridays about um, improving your listening skills with with movies, basically. Um, and then I've started writing for um, teachers in the last few months. Um, that's been kind of an, an, a thing I've wanted to do for a while, a thing I've done in the past. And now I'm doing it more seriously because I've always had teachers that have followed me because they're interested in learning about, you know, how do you teach listening skills? How do you teach with movies? Um, So I've actually been creating um, some content for teachers and selling things for teachers as as well, but just using my existing resources. So just using my mailing list, identifying who is a teacher, creating a newsletter for them. Um, I have a page on my website for teachers, but that's it. I'm not going to blog for teachers on my website because it's just going to get too confusing. Mm-hmm. I'm probably going to use, you know, other platforms um, for that to keep it kind of related, but but separate. If you see what I mean. Yeah. Do you still teach? Do I still teach? What, as in like one-on-one lessons? Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, um, because I don't actually enjoy doing one-on-one lessons online. The only um, the only thing I do is well the thing I prefer is working with groups so whether that's teachers or students so I have um, a movie club which is like my main way of working with students and that just involves the live element is once a month where we meet to discuss whatever movie we've been working on um, and then recently I'll be doing workshops for teachers so yeah. like as a kind of you know, quick, quick and easy-ish way to create a product. I was like, well, let me sell this as a, a live workshop, and then if it works well, I'll repurpose it into a product afterwards. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I'm all about <laughs> the path of least resistance if possible. Um, so, yeah, that's what I'm doing. And, yeah, I do have some one-on-one options, but I don't really – push them that much i'd rather i'd rather work with um groups or sell products as well so yeah so tell us about that 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 movie club because that sounds like an original idea how does it work um is it an original idea i I don't know well it (laughs) it kind of came out of um i made a, a product in 2019 it was actually after the um language influencer summit that um came to and yeah after that I decided to make a a product basically that would teach um you know connected speech in English so you can improve your listening using movie quotes so I picked 10 quotes from 10 famous movies and I put together this kind of audio course to help students and started selling them and they started that started going quite well I'd had other products in the past that 
maybe worked initially or worked for a bit and then stopped, whereas this has been the one that's kind of had the most momentum. And um, yeah, so because it was based on movies, I was like, well, let me see if I can invite the students who bought this product to like a sort of movie club, a very basic one. So I asked people if they wanted to, you know, let's watch a movie. Like, I mean, you watch it on your own. You find the movie however you want. Download it illegally. Buy it. I don't care. Just like, watch it. And then we'll get together and we'll talk about it. Just a free thing just to get to meet them and just to yeah. see how it would go. So I started doing that. And, um, yeah, that was quite nice. And, you know, I was like, okay, well, because we've got these this list of quotes from famous movies, well, we can watch those those movies and you know, that makes it easier to choose them. And um, yeah, and then obviously last year there was the the lockdowns and it was around that time I was like, okay, well, what if we made a sort of longer version of this movie club where there would also be, you know, language improvement as well as, you know, watching the movie and getting together. And so I just put it to some of those students who had bought the course and a few of them signed up. And uh, yeah, then I got around to um, putting it, <laughs> yeah, putting, putting it together. But I mean, this is it's a simple enough um, uh, concept. We we could pick a movie, we work on it for a month. Um, we've started doing uh, watch parties where we like get together and everybody watches the movie like at home on their device, and then we text each other about it. Oh, That's right. a lot of fun. Um, yeah, so there's like an element of watching the movie and then I'm basically there to give them kind of guidance through it. So I always like pick some extra resources for them to help them understand it. I give them a little bit of work to do. So it's not like scary tons of homework. It's just like, okay, here's some listening exercises from specific scenes so you can understand them better. And then some speaking exercises as well. Um, again, based on specific scenes and then um and then yeah live discussion about the movie and then kind of all the way through we've got our whatsapp group so we're in touch most days you know discussing the movie and you know sharing other movie related stuff so yeah it's a nice little it's a nice little group a nice little atmosphere that we've you know created Mm -hmm. and yeah that's how that's how it works it's not like a big special (laughs) secret Um, and uh, you know I think this is a really nice way to um, to learn because it's not specifically you know about the language it's kind of we're talking about something you know it could be a movie it could be a book it could be a podcast it could be whatever and we're not getting get together to do English. We're talking about the movie. It just happens that it's all, you know, in English. In English and, yeah. and we are doing some things to improve our English, but mostly like we're here for the community the and community. the discussion. And the English improvement is kind of a, is part of it, but it's also kind of a bonus. Um, you know, it's not like doing grammar drills. It's, oh, look, here's an interesting bit of grammar that just happened to come up. Or, you know, did you notice, notice this thing about British culture in the movie? Probably not, because you're not going to understand what it is, you know, without me explaining. So things just kind of come up incidentally like that. So it's a really nice way, I think, to learn and, and teach, you know, that sort of contextualized way. Yeah. I think it has more more impact. Yeah. Is this your, your full-time gig? Are you doing this full-time? Like the website? I'm doing it, like, part-time. So I have... Um, 
I worked with Ollie, mm-hmm. and he forgot to mention me when he when you interviewed him. He was listing all the people that work with him. And yeah, he, he, f- he forgets off. things all the time. It's okay. Yeah, he's getting old, isn't he? So, uh, <laughs> yeah, he's getting more forgetful. So I do. Um, I used to do quite a lot of freelancing bits and bobs, and and I've been gradually narrowing it down. So now I've got the. Um, now I say now it's been since 2018. I'm the content manager at. Um, for Ollie's site, um, mm-hmm. so that's like my side gig, and then the rest of the time is Leo listening stuff, so student stuff, and in the last few months, teacher yeah. stuff, teacher working with teachers as well. What what have you what have you learned from working with Ollie that you that you've also applied in your own business? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I've learned well a lot about running a blog for sure. Um, I've learned that it's so much easier when it's not you doing all the work. <laughs> so, you know, in in the case of uh, of Ali's blog, we're, we're working with writers. Um, someone else is working on, you know, doing the SEO research and finding the keywords, and then I, and then I'm I'm there to actually put the post on the blog and format it and make it look nice and do any edits and things like this so you 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 can see the difference when it's like when it's you from a to z and you you never really get a a break from it you know you're doing all the tasks um you can see how how many moving parts there are i think when you're doing it in a team and it's getting handed from person to person you're like oh yeah Yeah. it's not easy when you're doing it on your on your own but um yeah it's been really interesting to actually um you know see inside kind of a, a, a bigger, older site. Um, and yeah, I'm trying to replicate some stuff for my site. So like for Ollie's site a couple of years ago, we did an SEO audit. So it was really interesting to see that from the inside. And I've been doing one more recently for, with my site because it's getting quite old now. And there are posts and things that, you know, they have potential. But when I started, I didn't really know how to exploit that potential properly. And now, you know, I'm getting my act together to you know, improve them, um, which I would say is important because I don't have social media. So I need another way for people to to find me. So um, besides yeah, YouTube, like, you mean? Because you, you do have huh? a YouTube channel. Yeah, right? yeah. Besides besides um, YouTube, but um, yeah, and um, yeah, it's also been interesting to see kind of maybe the type of business I don't want. So like Ollie's business at this stage is like an empire, basically. And there are loads of people working behind the scenes to make it happen. Um, and he's like your sort of orchestra conductor, you know, kind of, kind of uh, making all the pieces come together. And um, I know that personally, I don't want that kind of business and like it's totally cool for me um so yeah it's just it's just that sometimes people might think that like that's what they want or that's the only option and obviously if you do want that then that's great um but if you don't want that there's other you know there's there's other paths to to go down you can keep your business small if you want it or you can expand later or you know, it's really, it's really up to you, but there, there's more than just kind of like a big empire kind of model, if that's, if that's not for you. Yeah. 
Yeah, you ma- you mentioned Oli a few times, and just for our new listeners, because I mean, maybe you don't know who Oli is, I run Creative Smarts with Oli, and Oli also runs a, a website called Story Learning. It's one of the biggest websites, um, well, b- biggest personal brands for language learning, I should say. And Kara uh, is the um, you you manage the content, right? Or, uh, yeah, how do you call it, it? Like yeah. the content manager, you publish content manager. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And the other things that you've learned from working in a in a bigger bigger business that's that's similar to what you're doing um it's interesting because i've seen it evolve quite a lot um and now what's really good is we've got a system set up where um we know more about what each person is doing um so it because obviously we're working remotely um we've not necessarily all met each other in person and we don't really have opportunities to meet each other in person. Um, even pre-pandemic, that wasn't really, you know, a thing. Um, and, and now the setup that we have, we're using Basecamp and it's making it quite easy to share things and share ideas. So um, I think it's a good example of a remote team that collaborates well. Yeah. Because that's not easy, I think. It's really, really not easy. And a lot of people have, you know, a lot of companies have, have really hit a wall with that this year because they've had to adapt yeah. to working like that and they just weren't, you know, ready for it. Whereas um, we're quite lucky in the sense that, you know, that's what we've always done. So yeah. um, you're definitely kind of ahead of the game mm-hmm. in in that sense. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about working for yourself versus working for another company? Um... Yeah, I like I like working for myself, um, and and that's why I've consciously narrowed down some of the things that I was I was doing because I think if you again if you're spreading yourself too thin, mm-hmm. you're getting pulled in too many different directions, um, and you you have to be a bit careful with that. But then obviously when you're when you're setting up your business. You know, you're going to need money or at some point you're going to run out of money. Like <laughs> at some point you might have to, you know, the, the business um, isn't necessarily um, enough. But yeah, I mean, now it's a bit easier that I've sort of narrowed down to one mm-hmm. <laughs> working for one one brand rather than, yeah, rather than more than one. Yeah. So when when did you make your, your first online sale? Do you remember that moment? Uh, yeah, it would have been around October 2016, I think, in the autumn, and it was just so cool. I was in the shop and I like refreshed my email or something, and I had like PayPal notifications, and it was really cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If you if you ever, I mean, you like in the beginning of this interview, you you mentioned that you you had help or that you had. A mentor. Mm. Tell us a little bit about that. Like, how did you go about learning all these things about online marketing, building a website, blogging, monetization? Um, I kind of went straight to the people who I thought could help me the most because I thought, well, I've never done this before. I've never um, tried to create a business before, and I really had no idea what it would involve. Like, I don't know anyone who has a business. Like, I don't know anything about building a business. Um. So for me, it made sense to kind of save time and energy to actually like go and find out from people who've already done it or who had a, a better idea. Yeah. So than who, me. 
Who were those people um, and how do you find them? Uh, so my first mentor was someone called Janine who works with um, teachers. And and then afterwards I started working with Elena. Janine works more with like freelance teachers more generally. And then Elena, um, you know, I went to for the sort of online element. Yeah. Because that's what I was interested in. In... Um, in pursuing really hmm. I thought that would be um I don't know in the very beginning <laughs> with, with online teaching I was just like I'm sick of teaching people in my town or people in my town have no money or like they're not interested in what I'm doing so I need to go online like it was a really kind of um uh, you know it wasn't because I had some kind of amazing vision for changing the world I just was like okay I need to um trying to get a job hasn't really worked out so I'm gonna try and do it by, my, by myself with the business but I mean that is that is a kind of a crazy path to um to go down so yeah you definitely need to get help of some kind um but I think also kind of not really knowing what I was letting myself in for was a good thing in a way because then I think maybe I wouldn't have got started if I had known <laughs> <laughs> how hard it would be at some points I'm laughing but I've had a lot of times where I really was not laughing and I really wanted to quit but um I you know as I had nothing better to do I thought well I'll just keep going and I'll just see see if I can um if I can uh, make it work and I'm, re I'm really glad I did because there were a couple of times where I really thought you know I'm done I'm gonna I'm gonna stop and um yeah, and that's also where help comes in. So at the times where I got really stuck, I was also resisting help. So just making my situation worse. And then when I was ready to get help, well, then everything started working a lot better. Yeah. So I really think like not resisting help is a big one, but I think that's also a mindset thing because um, I think a lot of us, you know, we think we need to like do everything ourselves or it will be better if we do it ourselves or like it's more impressive or it's weakness to ask for help or whatever. Yeah. So, so I think there's a lot of that can hold people back for asking for the help that they that they need. Yeah. Um, whereas I actually think it's like a sign of strength and also a sign that you're quite smart if you <laughs> like yeah. ask like somebody who's further ahead than you who can help you, who can bring out the best in you. Like, why would you not, like, why would you not let them help you? Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. obviously you can end up getting the wrong help, but if you find the right person or people, then you can go so much further and do so much more than you would have done just like kind of muddling along by yourself. So yeah. I think like one of the biggest factors that determines the, the success that we can have as an entrepreneur is, um, is um, if we can be resourceful, resourceful, right? As an entrepreneur, we need to mm. be resourceful. What, so what does what does that mean? Well, whenever there's a a problem, that you can find about ways to 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 solve that problem, right? And if you have a problem mm. in your own business, then a way to solve that problem is to to go to and reach out to other people who, mm. who might have the solution for you. So I think this is so important. This is actually the the, the main reason why we started this podcast as well, just for uh, you know to to create a resource for people that when they have a problem or they're struggling with something in their businesses, they they can listen and they can think, hey, there's more people who are struggling with the same problems or uh, maybe they can get inspiration from this podcast mm. you know, and hear that, oh, maybe there's other people out there who are struggling with similar things. Um, yeah, get ideas, inspiration, 
and um asking for help yeah i think it's so important and yeah you're definitely not i mean there's for the first like when i started doing this online marketing thing in Mm. the beginning i wanted to do everything by myself but only now when i start talking to other people i realize that i wasted (laughs) i wasted so much time so Mm. um yeah it's really good that that you mentioned that tell us a little bit more about those moments where you where you thought i'm 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 gonna start with this i'm i'm gonna quit yeah um i think what can i say yeah i just felt very very um yeah very stuck and frustrated like one of the things that has happened is that something in my business will start working and then it stops so that has been quite frustrating but i think that's also kind of a fairly normal thing yeah you know things have kind of i don't know like some stuff is just timing and some stuff is the maturity of your business and the maturity of your market and sometimes it is also refining like you know are you really clear on what you're offering and who it's for and how it can help them like you always have to be kind of refining those things um so i think when i got stuck i got very stuck down the rabbit hole of wanting to like sell one particular thing or do one particular thing and then it stopped working and I was I really hit a wall with that and I actually had to go much deeper into my business and into what I was doing and why and exactly who I was offering it for um but sometimes when you when you when you get really stuck like you can't see any of that because you can't zoom out um so yeah that's that's what makes it really tricky and yeah, before when I got stuck, I was just, I went off and I did other things, you know, I kind of left the business to one side, which I don't know. I don't know if that's a good idea, but sometimes, sometimes you do need a bit of a break, but I do think having another perspective really, really helps because other people can see things that you can't. Yeah. Um, and I've seen that now as well with like helping other colleagues just informally. Yeah. You can see things from the outside that, that they, that they can't really see um so yeah i think that there's always that danger of getting um stuck and i think it's the problem as well of like doing it doing a lot of things yourself not everything um but you're so busy like doing the work that you need to do to keep things going that you kind of yeah it's hard to pull out and get that overview Mm -hmm. of um of everything i think that's where other perspectives help or even or even taking a break yeah sometimes well, we always see at these, um, so we used to, before COVID, of course, we used to organize these mastermind events and a summit, including the one that you mm. uh, you visited, right? Uh, like two years ago already, I think, right? Um, and it's always interesting to see because sometimes, you know, some of the most experienced people, they, they attend these, these mastermind groups and then they, you know, they... They get the hot seat sessions. They get 20 minutes where they can present the problem. And sometimes it's actually quite easy to solve their problems, but they're just so deep inside their business that they can't see the full picture anymore, right? So it mm. hasn't anything to do with, you know, being smart or no, it's just that ability to zoom in and out. And even the small, for the smallest people, it's sometimes really hard to, to zoom out and, and, and get, get perspective Yeah, and again. to not like overthink it or no you're right yeah because we we did do that at the at the um the langpreneur summit yeah we had that um those sessions in groups and i was like with other people i was like bing 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 you need to do this you can do this (laughs) and it's like it's so easy and the ideas are flowing and then in your own business you're just like oh when you get into that funk and you get really stuck and you just can't 
see you know the wood for the trees all these cliches but it's true like um and it's so funny how it's, it just seems so easy you know it's like when you're listening to a friend about a problem or something like that and you can you can see solutions that they that they can't it's it's so true um but i think that's why yeah you, you do need to have you know help formal and and informal you know um mastermind buddies people to vent to and talk to especially um like if nobody if nobody knows what you do nobody understands what you do um like I've just stopped talking about business to like friends or family like they'll ask me how it's going I'll just go it's going so great um and then just change the subject so why 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 is that why is that why um just because I just it's just kind of a boundary for me like because some sometimes you I've done this in the past with my partner talked about some business things with him and then maybe he made a comment and it wasn't supposed to be nasty or anything I just took it badly and I was like do you know what I'm just gonna I'm just gonna not discuss it with him because he doesn't understand and he can't help (laughs) so you know um yeah so there's just some things I won't I won't discuss with them like I'll only discuss with people who are um like in business themselves so that could be like that could be somebody local who has like a, a brick and mortar business or something like that. I just think they understand better yep. even if it's not online at least it's business like they get what it is to not be like a salaried worker kind of thing you know um so I would you know I would talk about it with um with with them for instance like I've got a cousin who lives in France and he set up a business to teach snowboarding so like you know both of us live in a different country both of us ended up creating businesses in order to like make it work living here so like we understand to a certain extent and his sister my other cousin she's now created a social enterprise in the UK which has really taken off quickly so that's somebody else who I might (laughs) discuss certain topics with but other but otherwise um yeah and then other peers but other than that no (laughs) I like to keep it to keep it separate yeah it's a good way to um to um to to find a job abroad right by basically creating your own company (laughs) I find it very fascinating like many people that I've talked to on the on the show here um i actually do live in another country um did, did you start your business before moving to france or no i started it in france and it was actually a colleague who i worked with i, I used to work at the university here she encouraged me to create a business because in france it used to be quite complicated to set yeah. up a business and then um i think it was the sarkozy government brought in this kind of lighter easier form of solopreneur yeah. business and I still have that same structure yeah I might change it eventually but for the moment it, it works for me so it's basically a system where if you don't make any money you don't pay anything you no don't pay any tax taxes no nothing so basically when you're starting out it's perfect because yeah. there's very low risk yeah. and if you don't make any money for two years well they just kick you out of the system and you know it yeah. I guess it doesn't really matter because you obviously it obviously wasn't working out um so yeah I started years ago kind of to have an extra thing on the side for doing things like for doing like private lessons or doing translations or doing proofreading and stuff like this but I never really sort of took it seriously as a business it was just an extra thing and then um yeah I tried I tried in France to find work in teaching I couldn't really find enough 
I was doing many, many different gigs and then I, I tried to kind of go down the French way of like studying in France and then getting a job, getting an office job, but I didn't actually like that. <laughs> so, um, uh, yeah, so I ended up going down the business route and I, yeah, I think if I wasn't living in France, I wouldn't be doing this. Yeah. I think, uh, the going down a normal, normal career, not this is, that this isn't a normal career, but I think, you know, if I'd been in the UK, it would have just been easier to just yeah. find a normal, a normal job. <laughs> it would have been simpler, but it's definitely more tricky when you're living in a, um, in another country, unless you actually moved there for a particular job, if you see what I mean. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised that a lot of people are in that, in that, situation like I don't really think of myself as an entrepreneurial person or a business person it's kind of just what I've ended up doing (laughs) so I just try to make it work um like the way the way I want it to work if you see what I mean but I mean that's the that's the great thing about solopreneurship is you can you know adjust it to your personality and your ambitions and yeah, a few, a few days ago I had a call with, uh, or I had an interview with, with, with somebody else and we, we talked about the same, or we said the same thing. We basically said that often, you know, those people who do exceptional things or people who succeed are those who had pressure, right? So in your mm. case, you were in France, you couldn't find an, a normal job. So you had an extra <laughs> motivation to, to just, to, to make it work, right? And then start your own company. Um, yeah, that's yeah. I guess that that is yeah, that is true. Well, like when I tried to do a normal job, I ended up not liking it, and or at one point I did get offered a very well-paid job in Switzerland, but I didn't, I didn't want to take it. So I, I think yeah, it's like all these experiences were leading me, like all these yeah. doors kept closing, yeah, and it was yeah, like because yeah, yeah. it's leading you kind of in a direction that maybe you you didn't yeah. think you would go in. Yeah, mm. but then eventually it turns out that you know, doing the difficult thing, starting your own business is the best choice, at least in the, in yeah. the long run. Um, yeah, tell us a, a bit more about YouTube and blogging because you start as a blogger, you're also doing YouTube now. How do you experience, um, how do you experience that? Um, yeah, I mean, I definitely like, I, I like writing, but it is time consuming. <laughs> so... <laughs> And it's, um, I, I like doing YouTube because I think there's a lot of power in people like being able to see you and hear you, you know, I think it's a big trust booster. Um, cause you know, your blog, you could have just copied it off some other website or somebody else could have written it. I mean, who knows? I mean, that's not my case, obviously, but uh, you know, there, there's, mm, you can put photos of yourself on the website, but it's, it still doesn't feel as sort of personal, um, or whatever, but, um, yeah, YouTube is something, yeah, which I've been working on very, very slowly, um, trying to gradually get better at. Um, but I, I still kind of try and create, you know, um, I write the, the video script, I do the video, but then I do try and repurpose into a blog post and like make sure that it's something that is searchable and SEO friendly. Um, so that does that, yeah, that does take a bit of a bit of work. Um but I imagine that's the yeah. I don't know what other YouTubers do. What do they usually do? I mean, do they kind of just stick the videos on the blog and just write a short article, or do they kind of? Yeah, so there are different ways to do it, right? So those who already do have a big blog, they actually go back and they look at their most popular blog post 
and then they create they create YouTube videos on those same topics because they mm. know that there are people already googling for those topics, right? Yeah, and, that's a good point. And and those blogs or those topics also those keywords don't have a lot of competition. Otherwise, they wouldn't have gotten so much traffic to their website. So they create videos on those topics so that those videos get picked up in in in, in Google's algorithm, and at the same time they can embed those videos in the, the video popular, in, in the, in the yeah, blog post. In, in the, so that blog. people yeah. stay on the blog post for longer um and that's also good for seo right and okay. then and yeah, then definitely and then for people who start out on on youtube um so what some of them do is they first write i think ollie is doing something so actually not so sure but they first some of them they, they first start um so they write out a script for youtube and then they record the video mm-hmm. They publish the video first and then they have a video editor or uh, sorry, a, a writer who then turns the script into a more comprehensive blog post and uh, publish yeah. that on the blog. But the key here is that you do your keyword research first, right? Um, yeah, that, that's it. Because well, actually one thing I'm going to experiment with now is that just simply running the movie club that actually gives me quite a lot of ideas for content. Um but sometimes it doesn't have an obvious keyword focus. Well, as far as I know, because I didn't research the latest video that I did. I did a video that I would publish today, which is on the difference between the words tea and dinner in British English. And the reason I did it is because it came up when we watched a movie in January called Howard's End, um, which is about people of different social classes. So the lower class people talk about tea, meaning your evening meal. Mm. And then the posher people say dinner for your evening meal. And I just thought, oh, that's really interesting. And I pointed it out to the students because it is very confusing in the UK when somebody says, have you eaten your tea? Yeah. And you're like, well, I thought tea was a drink. And you're telling me it's a meal? What? So confusing. So I did a video about that. I don't think it's something people are searching for because people might not even realize that there's this distinction. And I was going to kind of make that YouTube only rather than putting it on the blog Yeah. if it's not a good keyword target. But the idea there is to kind of just kind of gently show people that like we're doing movie club. Here's some of the movies yeah. we're watching and here's some of the cool stuff we're learning, like not in a sort of join now or yeah. blah, your life will be over but just like really gentle kind of promotion and just showing people you know yeah. so yeah so i teaching them something useful yeah so when you create content ideally you you try to rank for keywords for popular keywords right but then mm-hmm. it's also important that you yeah that the content you create is aligned with the product that you're selling mm-hmm. right so yeah ideally you find a combination of, of, of those two things and also just answering yeah. your students' questions, right? So mm. how to learn, I guess you have already done that, but yeah, how, how can you learn a language through movies? How to, I don't know, what do people search for? <laughs> what, yeah, what, what do your students are, but like typical questions that your students have? I have done a bit of research and I've also tried to take keyword searches and kind of spin them for this niche. So like, the other day I was looking at have a conversation in English is something that people look for. So I made a video and I did a blog post called how to have a conversation in English with movies. Yeah. yeah. And again, it's another way to talk about the movie club, but it's basically saying to people, you know, here's how you can talk about movies. Here's how to find other people you can discuss movies with. Here are some expressions you can use. Oh, and by the way, I have a movie club. Yeah. So it's also like putting your own spin, I think, on some of the, 
and some of the keywords. But the good thing in my niche is that like a lot of the keywords are low competition. Yeah. So, and my site has been around for a while. I'm not saying it's got an amazing domain rating or anything, but I mean, I think that does that does help. And yeah. my internal linking is very good because well, all the posts are on kind of, you know, similar, similar yeah, topics. That's so the benefit of having a niche, isn't it? Exactly. Less um, competition, makes, better for SEO, uh, more inner yeah. links, internal links. Exactly. But then I've noticed that, like, there's some keywords that I really should be ranking well for and I'm not because it maybe wasn't taking <laughs> SEO yeah. seriously enough. So that's one of my goals for this year is to kind of update all those assets, the blog, and, and just make sure it gets it gets noticed a bit more and then yeah and also try and figure that out for youtube but i think that's a that's a, a job for another day because youtube seo is maybe a bit different but um yeah it's also going to be kind of figuring out yeah keyword targets for both the blog and youtube and trying to yeah help them work together a bit more mm-hmm. um, all right well thank you Kara. if people want to learn more about you and what they should do then where can they go um, well, I suppose the best place is to go to the website. So it's leo-listening.com. But I mean, if you just type Leo Listening into the internet, you will find you will find where you need to go. So yeah, the website is a great place to start. Um, and then the YouTube as well. Um, yeah. All right, we're going to check it out. Thank you very much. Cool. All right, thanks, Jan. Alright, thanks for listening to this episode and if you like this episode then please give it a positive rating in whatever podcast app that you're using and if you want to listen to other interviews or just learn more about what we do then make sure to go to our website creatorsmart.com See you on the next episode. Ciao.